1: king of Israel, King Saul, had a transformation experience with the Holy Spirit that God wants for every one of us. Chapter 10 of 1 Samuel, verse 6, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. This is Samuel telling Saul, he'll come upon you in power and you will prophesy with them, the prophets. Prophesying just means speak what the spirit enables you and you will be changed into a different person. Jump down verse nine as Saul turned to leave Samuel. God changed Saul's heart by the Holy Spirit.
0: Before you come to know the Lord, you walk and talk in a certain way. But when you come to know the Lord, the way you live changes. In today's message with Pastor Danny, you'll learn that that's because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given as a gift so that you could walk in the presence of the Lord no matter where you are. And when you have the Holy Spirit in you, the way you live and love is completely transformed. This is what God wants for all who believe in him. To be transformed and be made new. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 6, as he continues his message The Holy Spirit.
1: The world, if you make it without the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. He comforts like nobody can comfort. Only heaven can comfort this way. He teaches us. He reveals things to us. The prayer I pray pretty much every day, but definitely every week. Ephesians one seventeen. Uh, I pray for people that God would grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know Him better. If you're not praying that for me, would you begin to pray that for me? I want to know Him better, and He reveals things about God. Luke 2 26, Simeon, the spirit spoke to him and told him, uh, you're not going to die before you see the Christ. And he got to see the baby Jesus before uh, he was taken to heaven. First Corinthians chapter two. Oh, this is tremendous. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. No, eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit Searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he does not, cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. The world doesn't understand sometimes decisions we make, directions we take as Christians, led by the Holy Spirit. And they can't understand it. Sometimes they think we're crazy, because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit enables us to speak when facing persecution. Uh, Maybe we as American Christians won't experience this like the early Christians did, but certainly there are Christians around the world, they are are experiencing this because there are places there are real persecution going on. I'm talking about getting arrested. I'm talking about martyrdom. And uh, Jesus told his disciples, when they arrest you and they imprison you and they bring you to trial... Don't think about what you're going to say. That's not an excuse to prepare to teach and preach and speak for the Lord. That's not an excuse. But he's saying, look, you don't have to worry because in those situations, the Holy Spirit will give you what to say. You look at the apostles after they were arrested and uh, brought to trial. And they stood before the Supreme Court of their day. And the things they said, incredible. Incredible. And they said it with authority. They said it with boldness. And it says that that Supreme Court, those Jewish leaders looked at them and said they took note. They were unschooled and ordinary men. They took note. They had been with Jesus. Yeah, they've also been with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now providing for them, enabling them supernaturally to speak before those authorities that were persecuting them. Oh, I love this when he helps us to pray. I need help so many times praying, Uh, Romans chapter eight, verse 26. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. I mean, you're in that situation. You're very distraught. Maybe you're filled with pain. Maybe there's been some great loss in your life, whatever it is, but you're so distraught and you're in prayer. Maybe you're weeping and you're out of words. You don't even know what else to say. And you literally groan. And the Holy Spirit, mysteriously and wonderfully, also groans within us. He joins us in that groaning. And heaven interprets the groaning. Isn't that wonderful? And the Spirit is praying within us. And heaven interprets the groaning, and God meets us at our deepest need. Wonderful. Wonderful. He makes us bold. Remember the disciples after being threatened that they're no longer to teach and proclaim the name of Jesus? And they said, You hear their threats, Lord? And they prayed. It says the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went out and they spoke the word of God boldly. Grants us boldness. Supernaturally. He transforms us. I can't transform myself. Neither can you. Second Corinthians. Chapter 3. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. Are being transformed. Into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord who is the spirit young single mother new to our church came up to me last night after the service and she broke into tears and she heard this point and she said you know I just really gave my life to god just a few weeks ago and I don't I just and she began to cry and she said I don't feel all that transformed I don't feel very transformed and I was able to encourage her and say look you've been born again you're a baby what you need is milk and I talked to her about what we talked about a few weeks ago. She wasn't at that message where you need the spiritual milk of the word and somebody else feeding you, feeding you regularly and daily. And I said, don't be discouraged because it's a process. It's a process. You go from, uh, from milk to Gerber, the more solid food. And one day after years, uh, Lord willing, and the Lord is willing, you, you bite into one of those good spiritual steaks. <laughs> ribeye, medium, with a baked potato and butter moving on because it's all I haven't eaten I haven't eaten go back with me to first Samuel Old Testament first Samuel chapter 10 the first king of Israel King Saul had a transformation experience with the Holy Spirit that God wants for every one of us chapter 10 of first Samuel verse 6 the spirit of the Lord will come upon you this is Samuel telling Saul He'll come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them, the prophets. Prophesying just means speak what the Spirit enables you. And you will be changed into a different person. Jump down verse 9. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart by the Holy Spirit. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. When they arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came upon him in power, and he joined In their prophesying, he began to speak what the Spirit enabled him to speak. And when all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, What is this that has happened to the son of Kish, Saul? Is Saul also among the prophets? The Holy Spirit changed him into a different person and then empowered him so that now he's speaking as the Spirit enabled him. Unfortunately, that work of the Spirit in King Saul's life Was quenched. He started out humble. When they go to anoint him, same chapter, verse 20, when Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, the tribe of Benjamin was chosen. Then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin, clan by clan, and Matri's clan was chosen. Finally, Saul, son of Kish, was chosen. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord Has the man come here yet? Is he here? And the Lord said, Yeah, he's hiding among the baggage. He's over here. He's hiding. Why is he hiding? Because he's humble. Holy Spirit has changed him uh, into a different person. Holy Spirit has empowered him. Now he's speaking by the Spirit. And he started out humble. And if he had remained humble, the Holy Spirit would have been able to continue that work in his life. Unfortunately, he quenched the Spirit. You get to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 12. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor. And instead of now being filled with the Holy Spirit, he's filled with himself. And he quenched the work of the Spirit. Samuel says to him in verse 17, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? But now the work of the Spirit quenched in his life. And when it was never, never relit, never, the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the spirit in our lives. Galatians chapter five, a lot of scriptures there, but I'm just going to read you one Galatians chapter five, verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love. It's agape. It's God's love, not our love. It's heavenly love, joy, joy that nobody can take from you. Peace, peace that passes all understanding. You don't understand how you have peace. Nobody else understands how you have peace in in the situation because it's from the Holy Spirit, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control makes us like God. It's a process, but this is the fruit of it in our lives. He provides us with gifts and I'm not going to talk about the gifts today because next week we'll begin to talk about in detail. In detail, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Such an important part of his ministry. We're just not going to rush through it. Multi gifts, lots of different gifts the Holy Spirit provides for us. Some of us know the Lord now, have the Holy Spirit, but it could be that beginning today or next week that by faith, the Holy Spirit may grant additional gifts for you, for your life, for your ministry. Could start today. Be wonderful. And here's where I want to land And spend the rest of my time. He empowers us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said to his disciples. Don't leave Jerusalem. But wait. Because in a few days. You will be. Endued with power from on high. Power. The Greek word is dunamis. We get our English word dynamite. It's explosive power. Now he tells these disciples this. And yet here are disciples that have been with Jesus for three years. Uh, They've witnessed his resurrection. They know the gospel. They're theologically sound. Okay? But instead of him sending them out and saying, Okay, the world is lost. And as soon as you can, get out there and tell them. He says, No, wait. There's one more thing you need. You have the Holy Spirit. But there's a fresh ministry of the Holy Spirit empowering you. And I want you to wait for that empowering before you go out. You get to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now at this point, I'm going to rock some of your world. For some of you. Because some of you here... You've never heard teaching like this on the Holy Spirit, or you're like me. When you became a Christian, the particular uh, camp you grew up in as a Christian taught you that there are certain giftings of the Holy Spirit and certain parts of the ministry of the Holy Spirit that ceased, and those that believe that are called cessationists. Now, I have friends that I love that are cessationists. The people that brought me up in the Lord are cessationists. They believe that once we got the Word of God, all right, that... Certain ministry of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit here in Acts 2, and certain miraculous giftings of the Holy Spirit are no longer available, no longer needed. Now, I've come from study of Scripture first and experience second. I want to be careful on that. Study of Scripture first, experience second, to believe I wasn't taught correctly. Do I still love them? Absolutely. Listen, I want to challenge you no matter what your background. Let the Word of God be the final judge. We'll talk more next week about 1 Corinthians where they argue about this cessation of the gifts, getting the word of God, and we'll talk about that more. So let's not get caught up in that right now. You get to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, revival is breaking out in Samaria. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. Greek word translated in English, EPI, a P. They already had the Holy Spirit. You can't be a Christian without having the Holy Spirit. We've seen that. But the Holy Spirit had not come upon them in power like Pentecost. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Simon sorcerer is there. He sees visibly something that happens when they receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit, whether it was the gift of tongues, like uh, Acts chapter two, we aren't told, but he saw something and he tried to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter rebukes him and says, Hey, this is a gift. This is not bought. Repent of your wickedness. That's a terrible thought that you can buy it. Can't buy it. Then you get to Acts chapter 10. Peter goes to Cornelius' house. Cornelius' house is filled with uncircumcised Gentiles. And Peter shares the gospel. And this is unique uh, because they not only get saved and receive the Holy Spirit for salvation. Read verse 44, Acts chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking these words. The Holy Spirit came. It's that word again, a P. Upon all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Now, look, I was taught tongues is not available today, and anybody speaks in tongues is of the devil. And so when I first began to encounter people in my Christian life that spoke in tongues, I ran. I was afraid. And then I began to realize some of these people I'm meeting that have a genuine supernatural gift of tongues actually love Jesus as much or more than me. And God challenged me. And again, now I know from the scriptures, this is a wonderful gift. Is there a counterfeit? Well, there's counterfeit for everything God does. Satan loves to be a counterfeit. But there's a genuine supernatural gift that you can't explain, and it is a spiritual language that you can't study for. And Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians. We'll talk about it in more detail when we talk about the gifts. But Paul the apostle said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And yet he said in the church, I'd rather speak five words that you can understand than 10,000 words in a tongue. Pastor Chuck Smith, now with the Lord. I know personally he spoke in tongues regularly, but I never heard him in a public meeting speak in tongues. It's a gift that often accompanies the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but not always. I don't speak in tongues, but I have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit subsequent to salvation, individual from salvation. I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God gave my wife the gift of tongues. Why in the world he gave the Plymouth Brethren girl the gift of tongues and won't give it to me? I don't know why that is. I don't understand it, but I don't have to. I've been down in every kind of meeting. I've been down in Pentecostal meetings. I've been prayed for by the best of them. I bought a Honda, bought a Honda, bought a Honda, and still the thing didn't start. Paul said, do all speak in tongues? The obvious answer is no. I don't believe the Bible teaches that tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but often it accompanies it. But it didn't with me. It didn't with Oswald Chambers. It didn't with D.L. Moody. And I could name you R.A. Torrey, C.H. Spurgeon. There are men who've been baptized with the Holy Spirit uh, subsequent to salvation that don't speak in tongues. But God may give you the gift. If he does, I'm jealous. But don't let it scare you. I believe it's okay for a Christian to pray for another Christian in a setting and sometimes pray in a tongue. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, you can pray in this gift of tongues. I was prayed for by Pastor John Corson years ago in San Diego, California at a pastor's conference. He began to pray for me first in English. He laid his hands on me and then he began to pray in tongues. I have no idea what he was saying. But it was the Spirit. And when he began to pray in tongues, the Spirit came on me. I'm telling you what, I was there. I experienced it. It's amazing. Acts chapter 18, trust me without me reading the whole story for the sake of time. Paul, beginning in verse 18, it says he went to Ephesus. And then he left Ephesus. Then verse 24, meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man. Listen to this carefully. Look at it. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. The baptism of John is a baptism unto repentance. John said, there's one coming after me. I baptize you unto repentance, and that's for salvation. You repent, you're baptized in water. You receive the Holy Spirit to dwell in you because you're not a part of Christ unless you have the Holy Spirit. But John said, there's one coming after me. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire. Cloven tongues of fire came upon them. That was a visible sign on the day of Pentecost. That was the baptism of fire with the Holy Spirit. It was an empowering. You can know the Scriptures thoroughly. You can speak with fervor about Jesus. And you can see, of course, fruit to your ministry, but greater fruit in your life personally. And I believe in your ministry, if you go beyond the baptism of John. It says Priscilla and Aquila pulled Apollos aside and they taught him the way of God more accurately. I have to believe they taught him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because you get to chapter 19, listen to it. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, arrived at Ephesus. There he found disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He sees something lacking in their life. They say, we haven't heard about the Holy Spirit. And then he says, well, what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. He says... Verse 4, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came, here it is again, EPI, upon them. Not in them, upon them. They already had the Holy Spirit in them. They were saved. They're disciples. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues. And they prophesied. They spoke as the Spirit enabled them to. By the way, real quick, real quick. Acts chapter 2, my uh, background when I first became a Christian, uh, the people that were teaching me taught me that the tongues of Acts chapter 2 was a supernatural tongue, a gift of tongues, and they spoke in the other languages in giving the gospel to the people of other languages. Well, they did hear them speaking in their own language, but they didn't give the gospel. That wasn't the reason. If they gave the gospel, why did Peter have to get up and give the gospel? It wasn't the gospel. Here's what it says. They heard them declaring the wonders of God. They were prophesying. They were worshiping. They were speaking as the Spirit enabled them. They weren't giving the gospel. They were glorifying God. And then Peter gave the gospel. Now, I don't know where you are with this. I don't know if your world is being rocked. I don't know if you're going to begin to look for another church. I, I don't know. But once we receive what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this empowering, then the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to fill us repeatedly, fill us, fill us repeatedly. And you see that throughout the book of Acts, one filling doesn't do it. One filling doesn't do it. We need to be refilled. As one Christian years ago said, they were asking, why do you have to be refilled? He said, I leak. keep on knocking, keep on seeking. Now, for those of us that have never experienced the moving of the Holy Spirit, maybe it's a little odd, but it doesn't have to be odd in the sense of out of order. All right. Nothing out of order. God's a God of order.
0: We're so glad that you joined us for today's edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message again or more from Pastor Danny, visit ccfstpete.church. You're also invited to join our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. This is a great way to dive into the Word of God. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of this program? You never know how someone might be impacted by hearing about God and His Word over the radio. So please pray that anyone listening today would be open to hearing the gospel message. We ask that you pray for soft hearts and receptive minds to the grace Jesus offers to everyone. Pray also that we'd continue to seek God's will for this program, and that we'd have the courage to follow Him wherever He leads. As you pray, let us know if God would lead you to support the Living Word financially, If you'd like to give any amount to this ministry, please visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the Give tab. We're so grateful for the support. Thanks for praying with and for us. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Danny will share more on Christian Basics next time, right here on The Living Word.